Welcome to the Self Starter Show. I'm your host, Steve Clare, and on this show, you're gonna be hearing from entrepreneurs. You're gonna hear about their wins that got them where they are, their losses, and everything in between, as well as the advice that they have that helped them along the way. Along with bonus solo episodes of my personal secrets of life, success, and empathy sprinkled in for you, the listener. Like chapters of a great book, each episode will provide you with a bit of a cheat code to success and happiness. This is our first show in Brooklyn Heights, hopefully our first of many. First and foremost, I want to thank our sponsor for the week, Dr. Balayage. Uh, whether you're in New York City, New Jersey, or Brooklyn, Dr. Balayage is there for all your female beauty needs. And now, let's meet our guests that we already met, but let's reintroduce. I'm here with Matt Forzag, my dude. So man, thank you for having me. Chris Sylvester. How you doing, Steven? Pleasure. Um, Matt, tell us about yourself. I hate that question because it's a bit loaded. Tell us where you are right now. Who are you? What do you do? Yep. So, whoa, hello, how you doing? Uh, my name is Matthew Frizzaglia. I'm a fitness professional. Uh, I live in Long Island City, New York, but I do my work worldwide. Uh, that's the beauty of digital, right? So I have a in-person personal training business, which I've been doing all my life in fitness, coming on 12 years. And the past six years, I've been doing digital fitness, whether that's working with brands, creating on-demand and live content, and then my own personal brand, Forzag Fitness, which you can go to my website, uh, forzagfitness.com, and do on-demand, and then I have live class offerings also. Wait, so you've been doing digital for six years already? Yeah, uh, if I can do math correctly, the start of 2017, it was five. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in the industry, most people were pivoted into digital because of the because of the pandemic, but you've been doing it since way before that. Yeah, so actually 2017, I was in the boutique uh, group fitness scene and I had a opportunity spring up at a, at a, at a, at a gym in, in New York and in the city here. And the founder was like, hey, I want you to just coach CrossFit classes for right now, but this is what we're looking to do. Oh, right, right, this and, is the Neo U story. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, and that's how I got connected. So Neo U, they, they put their money on me and bet on me and uh, I think it worked out. Is uh, that when Neo U started, 2017? Yeah, so Neo U, the owners, uh, have owned CrossFit Fifth Avenue and you, at the time Union Square CrossFit. So they were kind of in the fitness space for maybe 10 years, 8, 10 years. Was that, and, that was below the, the Reebok there on the corner? Yeah, yeah, so that was okay. their concept. They opened, opening up a, a CrossFit box next to a Fit Hub, a Reebok Fit Hub. So they had, you know, you forgot your shoes, your clothes, you can just go upstairs, you get a discount, come back down, work out. Win, win for both of them, right? Smart. Uh, so they opened up a digital space. Uh, they created their own app, and that's kind of where I got my foot in the door. And, and in the beginning, I don't know why they ever, ever trusted me. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen it. Neo U has a pretty extensive, or well, at the time, a pretty extensive production studio. Um, they have two separate gyms um i don't know if both of them did but i know one of them had uh a camera on a wire had another camera and they had just like a whole massive production studio with in this fitness facility wow yeah pretty cool yeah it started off with three studios and then i guess at that time realized it was a lot to be running three studios at one time uh, because then you gotta think on the back end the cameras the production crew the audio you know you have sound light the whole nine. The um, editing. The editing, yeah, you know, for three different yeah. studios and filming all that content. So they broke it down to two and they had one studio where they would shoot like fitness, Pilates, yoga, and then the other would be like dance and Zumba or that type of moving around uh, workout aerobics. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a, it, was a, it, was, it was my first step into digital fitness. And at the time they were a startup and there were a handful of employees working there and I was their one instructor in front of the camera. So I actually was very grateful to be one of those first people in there um, with zero experience on camera to being thrown into the fire and figuring it out. I learned not only a lot on the front end on being on camera, but you know, the back end with lighting, um, 
the editing, the sound, all that. Like, there's wait, a lot so of- you were able to learn about the whole production part of yeah the yeah, project and, and at that time when I came in, there was five people, five employees of <laughs> the company, so. I was able to like, you know, I was doing a bunch of stuff just helping out. And at that time I was like, well, this seems really cool. I, I need to learn more about this, right? Like this may be useful one day. So that's why I got into digital fitness. Um, Cause it was more like a, like a side thing, in my back pocket, just in case if ever needed, something would happen. If there's like a pandemic, yeah, everything shuts down for a few yeah. years and you have to work at home and you're not able to access the amazing studios you wanted when you can just walk down the street, you know? Um, so, Fast forward 2020, it worked out for me. <laughs> um, I was I was ready, you know, uh, I think it was like the first, second week of March, uh, the pandemic happened and everything closed. And the first thing I thought was, well, let me turn on Instagram Live. Let's get this thing going. No one was doing it because everyone's like, what do we do? I can't drink my clients, I go, go in the park. Um, so I turned Instagram Live on and it just it just happened. I reached out to all these brands on Instagram, like before they were, were even doing lives. I was like, let me just pitch all these people. So the brands were like, no, we're not doing that. Other brands were like, yeah, we're doing that. Let's do it. And then the ones that said, no, we're not doing it. Weeks later, guess who was asking me? You know, it worked, um, it worked out. So it was really. So cool when you're saying you reached out to brands, like you're saying you would go on, um, you know, brand A, brand B's, IG, mm-hmm. and do a IG live workout from uh, connected on their page. Yeah, yeah. So I would pitch it. You know, hey, obviously we can't go to the gym. I've been doing this. This is what I'm thinking of doing. This is how it fits in with me and your brand. And I think it would be a huge asset. And you know, they're like, cool. They send you over the password, the username. You log in, do your thing, post it from their account, and then that's move on. You know, and what uh, what were you charging at the time for something like this? At the time, nothing. I would just do it for free and that and you know you know you gotta you know now i would never um depending on the on the situation well if doing it for free you're doing it mainly to just keep your clientele gain clientele brand recognition like because i'm I'm assuming you're reaching out to like real brands like i know you work with aloe now Mm -hmm. so like would you reach out to a brand like aloe and say hey i want to do this for free so in the beginning yeah I, i reached out to any and every brand fitness related or in the health and wellness space you could ever think of. And I just said, so I'll reach out to a hundred companies and see which ones hit me back. What, uh, what was the most obscure company you did this with? Um, I think so. I Cause had, I, I'm, I'm instantly thinking like, oh, what do you reach out to like a jockstrap company? <laughs> no, like, no, 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 I did like a lot of like your typical, like Nike Reebok, those big name brands. And then some underlying brands like clothing brands. Um, shoe companies and then some things that are outside of fitness that I reached out to because so um, like a, a month or two later of the pandemic I started 15 minute abs Forzeg fitness 15 minute abs and immediately stimulates everyone's brain like 15 minute abs I'm in in my mind it was a, it was a promotional stunt right as a marketing stunt for me I'm creating this word I'm creating this cool hype 12 o'clock every day you can tune in friends people are gathering together now so people are inviting people so this is some instagram live this is all instagram live so my wife did this wow my wife was so we got married july 20th 2025 middle of the pandemic and for what two months three months leading up her and her friends every day would do 15 minute abs (laughs) and uh oh it worked she was in fantastic shape (laughs) Uh, she did the 15 minute, uh, 15 minute abs every day. And then Kamikaze Fridays, Kamikaze Fridays. Yeah. Kamikaze Fridays? <laughs> you want to get down? We'll do it right now. Oh, no. um, so yeah, it was actually, so it's funny, right? People were seeing these drastic changes. Why? Cause they were sitting at home all day. So they hear 15 minute abs like, Oh, I need to ab workout. I need to get abs. Well, that was the most irrelevant part of the whole thing. The whole focus about it was I'm going to get you moving for 15 minutes every day. And an intensity you probably are not doing on your own. So once we started, we nonstop moved for 15 minutes. People would be soaking wet, heart rate up. And it was like, we just did ab movements. And then I was like, all right, you can only do so many ab movements. Let's just make this a full body workout and then call it an ab workout. So there's a lot of stability and control focused movements that really hit the core. But in reality, we're doing full body workouts and tricking these people. And I, my, my thing as a trainer is 
you know, everyone wants something, but they don't realize what they need until they come to the trainer. And the right. trainer does an assessment. They go over how you move, how you, you know, your mobility, et cetera. They don't know what they need. They just know what they want. And what you want most of the time is not going to help you. What you want, everyone wants that end result, but no one wants to do what they need to do yeah. to get there. So what my thing was, was, well, I know all these people, majority of people, you know, rounded shoulders, tight hips, this and that. I was incorporating these things into my workouts and all of a sudden people are feeling better. People are seeing results yeah. and it's like, wow. Right. So when you say is, you're tricking people, right. tri tricking has a, a negative connotation a on connotation. it. Yeah. You were tricking yeah. them in a positive, in a positive way. way. Yeah. You were, uh, you were disguising what they needed mm -hmm. in a more digestible way so that they would think that they're only doing this for this immediate result when you were in fact tricking them to do a full body workout. Well, and, and that's, that's the cool thing about it, right? Is, um, is, uh, it's, uh, the, oh man, I just lost my train of thought. Um, abs, abs shoulders, abs. legs, <laughs> workout, tricking people. Um, uh, yeah. Tricking people in a positive way is, 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 is the key. Uh, Training. It was to piggyback that. Oh man! You did this to achieve. You did X oh, well, to achieve well, Y. So back to the main point of this. Yeah, um, I did this to grow my 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 brand recognition, my awareness at the time. Because you know, how are you going to continue your business and it's in person and continue to grow? But now they're taking the in person out. So how do you create growth in a company in your business, your brand? if you can't do the daily tasks that are helping you grow, which would in personal training would be in front of the person. Oh, that's what it was. Oh, all right. So lightning or light. not lighting, uh, bulb. Bing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that was the whole thing is, is, um, Oh no, I lost it. It's like, yeah. Um, oh, right, 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 right. So, so it's giving the people what, well, now we're going to jump back to this, but it's giving the people what they want and need at the same time, right? But at a level of which they understand. Got it. And my biggest thing, I've been in fitness coming on to 12 years and I'm from the era, like way different than the era now. So yes, business is meaning, huge. meaning. So yeah, that's, that's a good point. So I come into, I came in before social media, before, you know, followers and everything I walked in the gym and two people walk in the gym, they're the same person. Nothing, nothing's different about them, which should be like it is now. But now it's like, he's got a hundred thousand followers. He only has four. Like mm -hmm. then these people are different all of a sudden. Right. Um, at that time it was like, you had to learn, you had to follow, you had a, you, you needed a mentor, someone to guide you around to teach you these things. Well, let's just touch, which is crazy. Let's touch on that, that we live in a world where that's real. It's real. That's real. Two identical people could walk into a room, mm -hmm. but if this person has 150,000 followers, this person has 1,200. And I even say like 1,200 versus like five followers because five followers like, you know, it's like uh, almost like the, like the, it's something, something's up. But 1,200 is like, oh, well, they're a nobody. 150 could be identical people. That person is somebody. That person has clout. What's up with that? Well, and in my eyes, when I look at someone with 150,000 followers, I know one thing. I want them to collaborate on a piece of content with me because it's going to expose me to their people. It's going to make my reach bigger. But who am I going to go to for the knowledge? Who am I going to go to for the science, the things that work and I know I can trust? Probably that guy with 12,000 followers. Why? Because he's not here flashing his Instagram showing, oh, look at me, look at me. He's more like, I'm content, I'm humble, I understand what I'm doing and, and my people are happy. My, my clients are working They're They're seeing results and these people are benefiting people 150,000. They probably have no idea who is buying their product. They have no idea who's signing up. You know, how does someone get to 150, 250, a million followers? Like how does that happen? Is collaboration or well now, now it's more about what's your part, right? What's cool. What, what do people vibe with? What are people, what are their interests? And it's how do we, you know, and I think I was talking to a trainer. She's two years into fitness and I kept asking her, what's your brand? What's your brand? She's like, oh, I teach fitness classes. Oh, this is my, I said, no, 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 that's not your brand. I was like, what are you selling? What are you doing? She's like, oh, fitness. And I was like, everyone's selling fitness. 
I was like, who's your clientele? Who are the people you're targeting? Right. What are your ingredients? Yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. Now, now it's on the label. It's what's inside the box. Exactly. Right. The label could say fitness, but you break it down more. It's yeah. You can use that, by the way. It's, what? You can use that one, by the way. All right, I'm taking that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, it's like, it's really knowing your audience and then how to pivot your product to them. And a lot of people don't understand that or get that. Um, but that's something I feel like now it's, yeah, it's more comprehensible because your, your Instagram is basically the amount of followers you have is basically telling, okay, I'm posting stuff that these people like, they're going to keep coming back. But before that, it was like learning that without the social media. So how do you create, how do you get people in a room by word of mouth or guerrilla marketing, you know? So like, what do you think is your niche? What is your so fame it's, to fame, so to speak? Yeah. <laughs> One day. Um, it's a good question. It is. It is. And it's funny. I was talking to a mentor yesterday and he was like, what exactly is your mission? What, like if you were to write down one line, what is your I mission? I feel like, well, what is your mission, Matthew? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, you know, I've, I've had a goal in mind. I've always had a mission. And my goal is to make you functionally stronger while alleviating pain. So what does that mean? I want you to move freely without feeling any aches and pains, but I want you to be strong enough to do whatever you want. Right. Ideally, walk around and feel good. That's that's the human body. Right. And more people are focused on the look versus a feel. The look will come as you start to feel. Mm -hmm. And people have that reverse. They, oh, I'm not looking some way. Then mentally, it's a negative thought. Well, then, you know, you're especially not right, especially if they don't get it in two weeks, yeah. three weeks. Right. And that's so. My, my mentor sent me down and he was like, what, what's the deal? He was like, what are you doing? And, and you know, it made me, you know, I've always been in fitness. I've always had my personal clients. And then I really came around. I think what my, you know, kind of shine was, was digital fitness. I was one of the first people uh, in kind of in the scene here in New York City doing that. I was already reaching out globally from using NeoU. You know, they we partnered and they were able to project me. So I was starting to get this look from other people outside of New York and it was like, wow, this is really cool. Um, so this strength hit style endurance workout, um, kind of, I like to stamp myself with, it's more of an endurance based. We're focusing on strength, functional strength. That's going to get you through life, allow you to do things when you're older, allow you to, you know, go up and down the stairs 20 more times and not be completely dead, you know, stuff like that. It's relatable to life. And that's all I'm looking to do is get you to move, functionally and strong enough for you to be able to continue living your life the way you want versus you deadlifting 500 pounds. Great. You can deadlift 500 pounds. That's strong. But like, what is that going to do when it comes time to run after your kid? <laughs> you know, like 500 pounds, is not building conditioning. Yeah. Function, uh, anaerobically. Yeah. But not that long going movement. Mm -hmm. Um, so I like to say that's kind of me, but with that, I'm kind of like a generalist and now there's a lot of frown upon a generalist because it's like, oh, you don't know. You don't know what your audience is. You don't know who it is. You're just kind of out there. Well, no, because there's so many people out there and I'm throwing out a more generalized style. So many fitness. people in terms of like so many Consumers. different. Consumers. Got it. So Consumers. not so, uh, so not so many different types of trainers, but there are. Yeah. But you're saying so many different types of consumers, so many different clients where, you know, being able to actually take all these clients and figure out what is the overlying theme mm -hmm. that I could stick with all of them and it's functionality within life. Right. And you know, people come to me and they're like, Oh, I'm looking to do this. I'm looking to do that. I said, great. I have clients of all different ages, all different goals, completely different. Goals. Oldest client, youngest client. Youngest now is 25. Oldest 65. Okay. Yeah. And I've trained people in their eighties. I've trained people in their twenties. I've, you know, the whole nine. Do you deal um, with teens at all? So I, so I get, I used to do a lot of teens and kids and earlier on in my career, I was like, I was like, I'll take on anyone. Right. I need that experience. So I was training anyone's kid, anyone's teen, whatever. Then it got to a point where I was like, I think I'm babysitting. <laughs> This is a lot harder than I thought. Yeah. Ah. Um, and then I was like, let me redefine my focus. Who am I looking to train? Right. Who, who's, right. my, who's my clientele? Um, I'm open to training teens that are sports specific. Um, because to me, I know mentally they're fighting or they're willing to put in the work. Right. Versus 
you know, appearance saying go go work out, go work me. out, and you know you're occupying them for 45 minutes, and you're like, oh my god, I mean, that's why I'm not having kids. It's <laughs> a functional babysitting. But it, yeah, yeah, and and it's they're getting their energy out, they're moving, they're having fun. That's all that matters, right? Their, their parents are happy, the kid is going. I guess at a certain point, you realize what you're doing, what you're trying to do. Um, but in the beginning, I mean, I was training everything and anyone under the sun, like. Mm -hmm you were interested in something at 15 minutes, let's go do this for free 30 minutes. When I worked in New York sports club, when I started, I stood at the door and everyone that walked in said, Hey, I'm Matt. I'm a trainer here. Would you like a 15 minute personal training session for free? No, I'm good. No, I'm good. No, I'm good. Okay. Next person, next person. All of a sudden one person said yes. Two people said yes. Three people. Now you're coming in. It's like putting your hand in a bag and whatever comes out. And I think that's, one of the best ways to learn. And it goes right back to the difference of when I came into fitness and it is now. Now people come to you and be like, oh, I heard you're a great trainer, yada, yada, yada. There's no more like you going out and, and mm -hmm. figuring out. They're coming you to know, you. It's yeah. coming to you. Um, but well, I think that's that's great because, and I don't wanna, I, I like to say I'm a very humble person when it comes to what I do. I'm not the one to be like, oh, I just did this, blah, throw it in people's, no, I'm, I'm very quiet and, and calm about it. Um, but now like, I think I've been, I've, I've, I've put my time into where I can choose who I train, you know, and like not coming off like, oh, I don't want to train you or you like I'm going to train. No, not like that at all. But like, right, but you've put in the time, you've, you figured out what you were looking to do, who you're looking to do it with. And you can choose those people who's really there to work out. Who's just there. Right. Because end of the day where Chris and I, we have, we, we get a property and we're asked to sell it. We get a property, we're asked to rent it. We have a client who wants something. We could have 10 properties and we could add another five properties. You don't, you can't add another hour into your day. You only have 24 hours. Right, right. So that's why you're able to more so say, I can't work with you, can't work with you because it doesn't fit into my time. And you didn't, you don't fit into the type of person that I now train. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, I was going to say, it's like, we have a very similar job, right? We take someone on a journey and you, you paint this picture and you give them the tools and the skills they need in order to get to that, that picture that Achieve we painted, goal, right? Yeah. Achieve the goal, right? And at the end of the day, I'm happy because, you know, that person had lower back pain. They couldn't stand up for more than five minutes. Now they're standing up running around for 25 minutes. Right, right. This person is looking for a home. They wanted a view. They wanted a beautiful spot to live and grow their family. You showed up and you're like, listen, this is what I have, check it out. And you show them everything and you give them, and at the end it's like, the client's happy, but we're happy. We're fulfilled because that person is fulfilled. Right, in, in, in a sense, uh, you know, we're guiding them, you're guiding them, we're guiding them. Someone might think they know what they want, in your sense, they might think they know what they're doing, mm -hmm. but then you're able to show them a better way of doing it. We're able to show them maybe a neighborhood they might not have been uh, privy to off the bat, and, Essentially, it's, we get to help people, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah that's, that's how I came in. I, when I graduated college, I went in under a sports and recreation management. Um, and where's your, major. so now this is what, uh, 2004? Going into college, going, 2007. Going into college, to, all right, so going into college, 2007. Um, what did you go to college for? So and where'd you go? At first, I went in for graphic design. Um, then realized sitting down for that long staring at a screen was not <laughs> was in my capacity. How How fit were you at this time? Uh, this time, I I was I, nowhere near where <laughs> I was. How fit were you at this time? I played, <laughs> let's just say, a kid going into college, you know, I had I had youth on my side. So I was, I was able Were you to an athlete in high school? Yeah. So I played, I played ice hockey since I was five years old till today. Um, Early mornings. Loved it. I, I lived at the ice rink before school, went to school, went back to the ice rink. I was, I played, so I actually, yeah, my hockey uh, career has been really cool because my dad, so my dad coached me and my brother early on and my brother's two years older than me. So for my dad, it was easier just to lie about my age and put me with the older kids. Mm. So I was always a kid getting beat around, beat around. Which is much better for, for, uh, for production. Exactly. Because now yeah. I'm extremely grateful, right? the work ethic challenge. Yeah. A lot of people are like, so something that's like average baseline challenging, no matter what situation it is, 
I want more, you know? And I, and I think that has helped me not become satisfied on certain things because it's always like, all right, I was able to achieve this. I think we can achieve more. I, can, I think we can push over the edge, like, because that's what I was doing, you know? My good enough wasn't good enough for the older kids because they were way beyond me. So I had to go above and beyond over the top just to fulfill their average level. So it made you better. Yeah, it made me better. It made me adapt and develop, realizing, okay, if this isn't working, I got to think of my toes real fast on how, how to make it work, how to become better. <laughs> and I know that this definitely played a big role in your transition into going from graphic design to whatever you will get to what you did after that. Mm -hmm. Because I know a lot of companies, they like to hire athletes. A lot of companies like to hire people who have played team sports mm -hmm. because they have that drive and they want to work ethic. They have yeah. the work ethic. They want to, they want to practice. They want to get better. All right. We go in for graphic design. Uh, where'd you go to school again? Franklin Pierce university. <clears throat> Southern. New let's Hampshire. show, I was going to say, let's like show a map, <laughs> a map right here with a dot. It's basically yeah. in Northern Massachusetts. Okay. <laughs> like that's how Southern it is. Yeah. How'd you end up there? Um, so I had a, Friend, one of my best friends in high school was a year older than me and he went and I applied to all these schools and for some reason that one I don't know it was it was the most expensive but they were giving me the most money okay so it was like an easy win-win did you play hockey in college so I, I was I went there met the hockey coach showed up was supposed to play and walked into the meeting and sitting down listening to everyone before the meeting started it was like oh where are you from Oh, I'm from here in Mass. Oh, I'm from here in Rhode Island. Oh, and then it started going, oh, I did this. I'm that. Oh, I was this. I was that. And it was just me, 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 me. I'm, I'm, I'm. In high school, I did this. And I said, something at that moment just rubbed me the wrong way. And I said, I can't. I can't play with people that are just so me. Like, we're showing up to go forward on something together. And you guys are all talking in the past about yourself. Like, that's cool. We can talk about that later on. But let's let's get excited for moving forward. Yeah, I call people like that me monsters. Yeah, yeah. me one hundred percent. Me monsters. Me monsters. Me monsters. Yeah. And I just couldn't do that, so I, I stood up and I left. And the coach was like, "What are you doing? Where are you going?" I was like, "I can't play with these kids. Like, I just How can't." How did react to that? That everyone was like, "Oh, you're cool." I was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm cool, man." Like, <laughs> no one liked it. Everyone looked at me like, "Oh, this dude's better than us. He's too good for us." Yeah. You know, because I. I stood up. They're all in the same mind. Oh, I was MVP. Oh, I was all state. I was, and I was just like, okay, I don't know. Nah. You're like, my team did this. My team. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I played for some really impressive leagues, uh, teams in these leagues. And you know, they were like, oh, cool. I was like, oh, okay. Like just saying that I played at West Point military academy. That's, that's pretty cool. You know, with you're playing with the cadets, like that's some really good hockey. And they were just like, uh, yeah, I was, I was MVP in my high school. I was like, in your high, what, what high school do you go to? Right. Some fairy tale land? Like, but anyway, um, so yeah, I, the next day I called my mom. I said, Ma, you're going to have to send up my lacrosse equipment. I'm going to try out for the lacrosse team. Was she like, Matthew, you're quitting? She, yeah, she was like, what are you doing? I was like, yeah. just transitioning sports. <laughs> and I played lacrosse in middle school and high school. So it wasn't like it was foreign. Um, we actually, me and my brother, we started playing lacrosse. Because in the summer, we say, oh, well, it's just hockey in the air. So it was a good way to keep, you know, your eye-hand coordination, right, your right. conditioning. Um, practice, yeah. yeah. So that's really why we started playing lacrosse. Um, we were just tired of playing street hockey and, and rollerblading. We were like, well, I just want to be on the ice. Right. Um, so we said, you know, let's just switch up the sport that's very similar. Um, we did that. I played the next I, – I, I went to the tryout that week and walked on and honestly – we, we weren't the best lacrosse team at the time, but we used to always say we show up for each other more than to play lacrosse, uh, which was really cool because <laughs> those are my friends still to today. Wow. So it was, it's, uh, I'm very glad I did that. Yeah, for sure. That's what's up. So uh, um, let's see. So went in for, you went into college for graphic design. So, so how did we, so become, how did we become Forzag Fitness? Yeah. So it, I, so I transitioned to sports and recreation management and I, I just figured something on the professional and recreation side of sport I could, I could do because that's I'm, my interest, right? Um, the things I've done all my life. So I was actually doing a lot of recreation therapy uh, and we would go to you know, school of blind, school of the deaf and work with these people. And 
I was like, wow, I can get these people to do things and they can't see me or hear me. And they're excited. They're happy. We were going to the basketball games and like a deaf basketball game is so cool. You know, like everyone cheers and they put their hands up. It, there's, it's silent. You hear the ball bouncing. You hear people breathing, but it's, you don't hear like, hey, hey, pass. Like it's all hand gesture. And so it was, it was a very cool experience. And I was like, wait, this is so that cool. That sounds very surreal. It was. It was, it was mind blowing. And at that age, like, yeah taking everything for granted, running around on a college campus, you know? Um, and uh, it, that showed me like, and like we were just saying, like fulfilling someone else's needs to, to, to make them feel um, successful is like, that's when I felt, wow, I was able to get someone that couldn't hear me do something and they were excited and happy about it afterwards. I was like, okay, I've been training people on my lacrosse team. I've been training other kids in school. I'm good at training people are seeing benefits from it but like I don't know if this is like a career and at that time people were like why don't you get a real job get a real job get a real job and that's all I heard so I was like oh, I can't do that for a Fuck job those people like, oh 100 percent still here till this day those same people re- saying get a real job are like Matt congratulations on yeah men's health wow so that time you told me healthcare and benefits and all that you get a real job so I got all that and a job <laughs> that's going to help you. So let's sign up. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it opened my eyes. All that opened my eyes to showing me that like fulfilling someone else fulfills me. So I, that's, I got right into personal training and uh, that's how I met my mentor at New York sports club and kind of just threw me into the fire. And, and that's, that's, I, yeah, that's where, I have a quick where, question. Yeah. What part does nutrition play in your, your fitness regimen? Yeah. So fitness so fitness is like the easier part of the whole equation. Now, to me, it all sounds very easy because it's I because I understand you live it. and breathe it too. But yeah. other people, so you may like you're like, dude, that's like, I don't know, a crazy equation that no one can ever understand. And it honestly, every equation is different, right? So fitness and nutrition for everyone looks different. And mm-hmm. I don't focus mainly on nutrition legally you cannot give nutritional advice or you can give advice, but you can't like tell people what to eat and what to do unless you're a, re- a dietitian or all yeah, you're registered. Yeah. Uh, um, so I guide my clients, you know, say eat this, understand how you feel. I give them tools to understanding how to eat and what to eat versus telling them don't eat that, eat this on this meal, have this and that. Cause technically you can't, right. But who's, who's counting. Um, but it's really guiding the people and, and, you know, I, and it goes right back to like my focus is, is I'm, I'm not telling you what to do. I don't care what you do. I care that you're understanding what you're doing and how it's affecting you mm. and taking the information and so applying it to your decision, next day. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing is like the more tools I can give you, the less you, you need me. And overall, that's the goal is if I have a client they come to me, I want them to learn. I want them to understand and take the information I'm giving them. So one day they're like, man, I don't even need you anymore. I can go on my own. I'm like, yes, yes and no. <laughs> yes, like finally you've, you've got it. No as in like, no, we're breaking up. Right. Um, but that's, it's a very, it's a very like, that's a very proud and like uh, successful moment when your client is, is confident enough to say, you know, I've listened and I've learned all these months and years and weeks I can do this by myself now. Thank you. And they go on and continue their journey, you know, and that's a small percentage of people. A lot of people tell me, Oh, I just want to do three sessions, six months, eight months, a year later, they're still training week after week. Um, so you're saying that, you you know, you can't, you're not supposed to be giving what type of advice nutritional, if you're not certified nutrition meal plans. And I mean, people do it all the time. Have you, and I want to piggyback off of this question as well. Have you gotten in trouble ever for doing anything of that sort? No. So no. Um, has there any? What kind of friction have you had working at New York Sports Club, Neo U, working with some of the big brands that you have? What type of issues have you had bumping heads with people? And when has something become like a, a massive issue? Uh, I wouldn't say I've had any massive issues. There's more of bumping heads with people and that's, you know, it's cool in New York sports club. You're kind of your own, your own. I mean, you report to a fitness manager, but you do your own thing. So whatever you believe in is what you're going to preach to your clients and every trainer. It's like everyone's individual. 
it's more of when you know you're in a group fitness set. so i worked in boutique fitness here in the city and you know you come to your meetings and now it's everyone having to you know we're teaching the same product we're teaching the same place so now it's everyone has to put their ideas together into this vacuum basically this bucket and it's like you know you may think one way on something i think the other way but we need to come to terms on delivering the product this way Right, but with and with this, you're dealing with a room full of alphas. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the amount of people that's saying we need to do it this way, if six people are saying we need to do it this way, and they're not all going in the same direction, it sounds like there's going to be a there's an issue, some yeah. friction. There's, I mean, there's a lot of trainers in the city that it, there's my way or the highway. Whether their way is right or not, that's what they believe. I know a fair amount. I say fair amount. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't I, like to I, I, yeah, talk can, heat, but I, I'm just I, saying, I, like, there's a fair you amount You know who of you are. <laughs> fair amount of people that will yeah. hear, like, I'm a person that, you know, I have my ways, and I know what works and what doesn't work and why I choose certain things and don't choose certain things. And then there's, you know, you may come along and you're like, no, the only way to do that is this way. You're like, okay, I can see where you're coming from, but depending on our clientele and what we're looking to do, does it make sense for us to do it that way? It makes more sense this way. And it's kind of finding the middle ground or the balance of taking a little bit of you, taking a little bit of me and putting it together. And then now everyone's calm about it, you know? Um, yeah, we've been in a lot of meetings where it's just, it could be an hour meeting and it's two hours because everyone's just arguing. And it's like, all right, pull it back. Let's settle down. Like everyone needs to understand why. Tell me why you chose that exercise and what it's supposed to produce. And then I'm going to tell you why I chose this and what it's supposed to produce. And now we come to the same term of agreement then okay well when is it appropriate to do this exercise when is it appropriate to do that exercise which is crazy because like it's not like like politics where people could have different viewpoints and you know now they're arguing and at no point in that type of discussion are they going to be like is one side going to say well you know i never thought of it like that yeah. well i never thought of it like that like that's never going to happen mm -hmm. but with this you actually have like a, a you have a quantitative idea as to why this should be this way. And you could completely explain it. And there's an end result from the explanation. So for someone to not be able to agree with one side or the other or blend it mm. blows my mind. And I think that's where, that's that's a separating line of trainers, right? You could be the smartest, have all the schooling whatsoever, but you can't take that information and apply it to the audience or what you're doing. And then that kind of pushes you outside a little bit. Yeah, you're smart, that's great. We'd love to have you on our team because you know a lot and you're useful, but you don't have that like, that meshing mind in the sense of, well, take what you have and take what they have, understand why they're saying that, and then make find a solution for it. You know, I feel like there's, it's this road or that road no in between. And I, I saw that early on and I said, I don't want to be this way. It's only this way. Say, hey, if that's what you think's going to work and you believe that's the way, do it. If not, or you do it, it doesn't work. I'm over here. I'm a resource. Talk to me about it. Maybe we can find out something that does work. <laughs> um, I've always felt like I'm not going to be the one. Like I know when I'm right. And what works like everyone does right you know you've done it before you know it works it's gonna happen you're gonna speak on it I, I'm not gonna be the first one and be like no that's terrible da, da. I say wow that's a great point you know how can we make it better how can we how can we add to it well let's just add some of my spice onto yours and then boom um, I think that's and, and it doesn't matter where you are what you're doing it's if you're confrontational and your way is the only way good luck you can be by yourself. It won't work. You think yeah. it's similar, uh, similar with what we do? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Would yeah. you say you're a solopreneur? Like you, you work solo or more, uh, more in a team? Yeah, I'm solo, and honestly, it's. I, I had this talk with my mentor yesterday. Like, it's cool being by yourself. You can create what you want. You can build what you want. It's yours. But at the end of the day, you're by yourself, doing all this. You know, and it's nice to have a teammate, and I'm used to being on a team all my life, being able to talk with people, being- Because of sports, right? Just because of sports, yeah, exactly. And, you know, even like talking about plays, like people are like, oh, like a sports team, you guys just play, but yeah, there's a lot of plays behind just playing, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding, okay, listen, 
last time you crossed in front, it didn't make sense. Come cut around the back and I'll cut around the side. So now you're an open look when no one's looking at you. But so in my view, you're wide open. So you know, if you thought to like, so your mentor, is he about was his in his previous, where am I trying to say? What's his background? Was he a boxer? Was he a team sport player? He was actually a teacher. He was a teacher. And then he came into fitness and he's been in fitness. I don't even know. How did you meet your mentor? Uh, so it's funny. He, so back in 2013, Reebok had this competition called the Face of Reebok One. And essentially they would pick a trainer um, and then narrow it down and then, you know, boom, you're the face. And they, you basically did all their promotional and, and stuff. Like you were the face of them, right? Like they're off brand. And um, so I applied for it and I happened to know this woman that worked for Reebok. And I said, hey, get me in there, bump <laughs> me up. Like, what are we gonna do here? And yeah. she was like, I'm gonna see what I can do. Uh, weeks later, I made it into the top 12. And I was like, oh my God. And he happened to be an ambassador at the time. So I reached out to all the Reebok ambassadors and I said, hey, do you mind posting this on your social? Like, I need to get, I, I wanna win, like, please help me. So I reached out to all these people. I reached out to people that worked for Reebok, <laughs> like, like, and this is what blows my mind is because when I tell like other trainers this, they're like, wait, you reached out to who? Like, I don't know if you guys know who Mark Bell is. Mark Bell created a product mm -hmm. called the Slingshot and he's a huge in the powerlifting world. Okay. Um, and at the time, he was just a dude with an invention, world-renowned powerlifter. Um, and I said, you know what, let me just send this guy an email thinking, oh, this guy's gonna open my email. So I sent an email, nothing. Send an email, nothing. I said, I need to get this, I need to get my image on his page because he's a huge following. This could really make me win. Nothing, nothing. So I, in the subject, I wrote, fuck you. Oh. And he <laughs> opened it. <laughs> replied back to me and was like, hey man, thank you like for reaching out. Like, I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Like, but it caught your attention. And yeah. he, uh, he was like, I would love to help you, but since I'm part of the brand, I can't. Right. They told uh. us not to. And I was like, oh. But I went to that extent. Like, bro, you um, couldn't let me know before I had to tell you to fuck off? <laughs> I said, or before I'm like, fuck you? Yeah. Um, but it was so cool because we actually found out that uh, my football coach is his cousin. So we were oh. connected way, way before that. But anyway, um, yeah, it was like going that extent, reaching out to all these people and putting yourself out there. So anyway, he was one of the ambassadors at the time. And message him. He was like, respond, whatever. Nothing. I moved to New York. I'm randomly walking down some street in Tribeca and I pass this dude and I stop and I go, Hey, Hey. And I scream his name and he turns around and he's like, yeah, what's up? I said, no way am I meeting you right now. Like, what? I was like, I'm Matt Frisagli, did I? He was like, Oh yeah, yeah. I saw, I seen you. And I was like, <laughs> you have? And he's like, yeah. I was like, Oh my God. Um, and again, at the time he's like a little dude that was just an ambassador. Um, but he's been in this industry for a long time and there's, there's like a handful of people that have been in the field for a long time. And those are the people I go to the most because they're the ones that they saw where, where the fit, the fitness trend is, where it's going, what's going to happen. Like they've been there. Um, so it's like my, I don't go to any, like there's a lot of younger people that know a lot, but they, I mean, when I, I need something to like concrete answers, they're the ones. Where do you see um, the fitness industry going? Yeah. Especially with what's happened during the pandemic with the changes that you experience during the pandemic where do you see where do you see it in the next couple of years to five years yeah right now it's crazy because what the pandemic has done has opened up markets that people didn't realize or really right. knew yeah or existed right so before digital there i mean there was digital this whole time peloton yeah. but no one ever gave them a look because who would do that you can just go to the gym you right. know everyone outside of new york city made sense yeah and peloton exploded during exploded. the pandemic and then now it's not so Popular. Yeah, now I, who knows what's going on. I did a class the other day. Man, I love it. I love I love going on a spin bike every now and then. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so it, it, it was now it's now it's 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 almost like who knows, you know, it it was very group fitness, personal training heavy mm -hmm. before the pandemic. And now especially in New York City, but now it's people, I feel digital has dispersed this whole scene, right? So the group fitness scene, there's people that did group fitness, came back to group fitness. A lot of those people don't even do fitness in person anymore. There's half that clientele went somewhere else. I noticed a lot of people that were doing group fitness, 
diehard group fitness people switched to virtual and now they're only doing personal training, right? So what I've seen a lot of success with in here uh, in the city since we've been back is is the personal training and the small group, the private group, Commu- the, com- the communities. The so basically being able to build your own community. Yeah, and that's and that's where it's kind of at now, yeah. right? It's it's the market is there's so many different pools in the market now and I think it just opened up to people seeing that there's more options depending on, you know, their lifestyle, the time they have, you know, what they're looking for. Um there's I wouldn't say there's there's one specific thing. It's not going to go back to just personal training or it's just going to go back to group fitness the way it did. I think the group fitness boom happened through 2016, 17, 18, yep. and then kind of fell off. And it's still there, but it's not going to be the heightened state ever was. I think now what this pandemic has shown is every person is their own brand, is their own digital um, product. And it's what you're creating is now what people are doing, right? right so right. I go to my friend's classes, but I still go to the studio from time to time. Um, so it's... it. I wouldn't say it's it's going one way or another. It's almost opened up more pathways, and it's just what what do people what do people want? Um, and it's that it's that efficiency and the direct. I want to know that I can get a good workout in 30, 30 minutes, whether I go to the process of leaving my house and go to the gym, or just turning my TV on and doing something with you. Um, so right, but I, turning it on in sense of like on demand, but also appointment workouts that are on that are that are digital and with the amount of content creators that have now shown up into the industry it's more of a small do- small group of people in their specifically um curated dose of fitness if if that doesn't make sense that doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. yeah so like with the amount of content creators really having so like peloton created this massive community but now, let's say, let's call it 100 people in this Peloton community. They've now lost segments of their community to other styles of fitness mm-hmm. that these people have now been exposed to, and they like that better. Right. And they like that better. They still have their community, but as we see, their market share just got smaller. Yeah, yeah that's kind of, it's, and it's all relevant to the person now, right? Like, it's you'd go, oh, this is the best studio. This is the best place to work out. The best place to work out could be in your living room now because you like the way I coach, yeah. the way I, I cue. Maybe wanna, I can want to reach you. you and you only. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's no longer like, oh, I don't want to go there because so-and-so's going there. It's like, this person does it just right for me. They connect with me. I feel like I'm with them. They make me feel like I'm I'm someone in the room. Like, you know, so it's... It's really comes down to your what you like and what what you're what you're planning on, what works for you. I'd say. Amazing. Wait, let's cut for a sec. You wanna? One o'clock. Yeah. Um, shit. We have to. Should we put everything to clean up? What are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna tell them five minutes and we'll, we'll wrap? See, let me see if they're here. That's what I was just checking yeah. for. They may not even be here yet. That was good timing. Them. Hi, we're downstairs. Okay, um, I'll give you time. To, I'll go down and get her and bring yeah. her. Okay. Um. All right. You want to wrap it up, or you want to wrap the whole thing up, or just um, let's tell her tell you three minutes, and let me just okay. let me just wrap up this last last all part. Right, cool. All right. Tell me you ready. I'm good. All right. Good stuff. Um, before we let you go, uh. Is there anything you're reading right now? Like, what what are you reading right now? And give me a book that you could recommend to everybody. Um, so right now, I have, I'm actually not reading anything. I just finished a book. What is the name of it? That's a good start, right? <laughs> what is the name of it? I just, it's a yellow cover. I don't remember the name. <laughs> that narrows it down. Um... Damn, this is not good. Ha- eight, good eight habits of it's uh, never split the difference. No, I forgot. I'm thinking of yellow covers. Name is something something uh, bad, something badass. Uh, I think it's just called badass. It just literally says badass on the cover. Yeah, it's yellow and white. Yep. I. What is it? You are a badass. You are a badass. I, is I, that it? 
I, I don't feel like a badass for getting the title of a book that I've been reading. Um, <laughs> no, that's like the same thing. Like I'll be like watching a show and we'll be five episodes, six episodes in. And I'll just, it'll be like the main character's wife who's in every episode. I'll be like, I'm like, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you know, Weebae's wife. I don't know Weebae's <laughs> wife's name, but yeah. she's like in every episode. No, it definitely, it yeah. definitely is. You are a badass. Um, yes, you are a badass. And, and it's really cool because it, it gives you self-confidence, but it also helps share like different ways of looking at things. Um, also, another book I just read was uh, Jocko Willing. It's pretty intense, but extreme ownership, and it's kind of more about life. Extreme um, ownership. Extreme ownership over your situations and mm. and you as a human, right? It's going to be easy to tell somebody, "Oh, that didn't work out because so and so didn't do this." Well, you were the head man as to why. Right. You know, people in the room Amen. were doing what they're doing. So let's go back to the the root of why so and so didn't do what they did. Why didn't they do? Well, the direction was off. And it's understanding that, okay, someone down the chain may have messed up, but I'm the root. Therefore, I need to take responsibility over it and be humble about it. Don't, oh my God, oh, it wasn't me point fingers and blame. No, no, this, this is the problem. This is how we fix it. This is how we're going to go about it. Right. Um, and it, I mean, that could apply to anything in life. I think that was, that was the, mo the most like hard hitting book I've read recently that, you know, every situation I walk into, understanding, being present, being curious, you know, walking in there and just being open to whatever comes your way and then reacting as that goes. And taking um, ownership for it. Yeah, and then just really owning it. Owning what you do and that confidence will come off no matter what you do. Right, because a lot of people like to deflect when there's an issue with something. And I'm a very big advocate of if you're the boss, anything that happens is your fault. Anything that happens is your fault. Right. Like, no questions asked. I don't care if you didn't even talk to that someone, to that someone, to that person that day. If it's one of someone that works at your company, if they spoke to someone wrong on the phone, it's because you didn't train them to speak to someone properly. And right. maybe it was their parents that raised them, but now they're not their parents' employee. They're your employee now. Mm -hmm. So there needs to be a certain way that things are done with under your watch, no matter what, whether you're there or not. Yeah, yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. And I, I used to be a person and be like, oh, it didn't work because so and so missed the the mark on this, and now mm -hmm. it's. I will never point my finger at someone again, unless right. it actually is their problem. But, right. but at the end of the day, if, if the direction is coming from your mouth and you're the lead, you better you better become prepared. You better set the people up for success that are around you. That's, That's great advice, my dude. Comes down to Forzag, thank you. Thank you, Chris. Nice. Thank you, my man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Chris Sylvester, Matt Forzag. Again, I want to thank our sponsor, Doctor Balayage. Again, we're here in Brooklyn Heights. See you later. Peace.